As far back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hello and welcome back to the Last Jedi on the Left podcast. Um, I'm here in the 1999 season again, and for this episode, I'm joined by returning guest. But you've not been on for a while. Uh, it's Liam. Hello. Yeah, I've not been on for a while because we did one Marvel film. We're like, this is enough. Yeah, we, we, we've had a bad year to start doing Marvel <laughs> films, and you like correctly decided. Now I'm going to go into like some decent films instead. It, it was like, oh, yeah, well, I'll have you back on for the other Marvel films. And then, like, Marvel kind of took a nosedive pretty quickly after that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. starting with Ant-Man probably wasn't a great show, to be honest. We started, like, at the, in the dive, didn't we, I think? Anyway, we're not here to talk about Ant-Man or even Marvel films today. Um, like I say, we, we're back on the on the 1999 uh, trail of films in, in honor of the 25th anniversary of all of these films coming out. And uh, and for this one, you picked The Matrix. I did. I did. This film is just... Oh, yeah, it just carried me. Like, this is all I wanted to do was Matrix stuff when this film came out. I'll, I'll let you carry on, but yeah, that, I chose this one for that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly fair. Uh, I guess it kind of it leads us into the, sort of first, the first point of, like, what are your, your memories of seeing it? It's a, it's a really weird one because I was obviously I was too young to go to the cinema. I probably saw it after ninety nine, probably when it was a home release, yeah, home release, or even maybe even later on. I mean, we were just talking off air about Sky Movies. Like a lot of these ninety nine films were in that Sky Movies era for me, where it's like that's when I could first start watching films on demand, effectively. But there was me, um, a friend of ours called Chris, and his brother who basically just binged these and I, you know talking through lore and everything whenever a new one come out we were just so excited and it just changed my my world like seeing a film that, like the sickest action guns karate or kung fu your martial arts sick clothing because obviously i wanted to be like a metalhead at the time so like this this sort of look just really did it for me and we used to go to the park and just do matrix stunts and i actually got a chip on my front tooth where i don't know for, for listeners it's like a like like a long stairs basically like a couple of rows like the yellow metal bars tried to do like a matrix flip over that and failed then i like, still got that chip so like it has a lot it's, this hasn't just formed mentally it's physically this film has has defined me a little bit i guess you're literally bearing the scars of the yeah of the film yeah uh, it's probably worth mentioning that, like, so if anybody doesn't know, you are we're, we're the same age, roughly. So, you know, you'd have been like what nine or ten, probably when you first saw this. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, ten, maybe eleven, but ten ish. Yeah, it's a funny one because I, I sort of, I think I'm the same as you, really. I, I definitely didn't, wouldn't have been old enough to see it in the cinema. Um, as you say, same age, so so wouldn't have, wouldn't have been able to do that. But um, I mean, I definitely would have seen it by the time the sequels came out, which was two thousand and three, I believe. Yeah, that was the the year of the Matrix, wasn't it? With all the the game and the two films and everything, all came out in the same year. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, maybe tennis you're right then. Yeah, so I'm thinking, but I, I kind of vividly remember that this, for me, was, I'm pretty sure it was the first DVD that, I, I'd say I bought, I obviously didn't buy it, I think probably my dad hmm. bought it or whatever, but the first one that I ever remember like really sitting down to watch and being like, I mean, I probably would have had a PlayStation 2, so you probably, I probably could have played it on that or maybe i didn't but i vividly remember like putting it into the desktop pc and being like oh my god you can watch films on your computer now like this yeah. is the future um and it was like a kind of a really basic like double-sided dvd type thing um but yeah that's that's like the first sort of memories i've got of watching it. it it was ps2 for me actually thinking back and yeah you you're right around like because there must have been a run because i remember the excitement for the sequels coming so I must have it must have been in with, with me for a while, and I loved it so much. There was I had a because um, you know I was young and edgy, so I was into like parody stuff like Weird Al and, and things like that. And I had a parody book called The May Twix, and it wasn't funny, but like to me, it was just like dick and fart jokes. To ten year old Liam, oh my god, that was like comedy gold. Ten year old erection, like his superpower was he could get an erection or something like that, and it was just like that was the base level of humor of, of this book. So, actually, maybe maybe this is like a lot of things are starting to fall into place now in, in my head around how I am now. So I was going to say, yeah, it's like you know, ten year old Liam, early thirties Liam. Yeah, we both really enjoy that. Yeah, it's one of those things as well. I think um, it, it it's got what it's it does quite well in the fact that it it appeals to like it appeals to the like. 10 year old or whatever in you that's like the lines of like what you're going to need guns lots of guns and all that kind of stuff and and then even the i I remember thinking that after like neo does his famous sort of uh dodge moment Mm. when trinity just goes up turns up to the guy and says dodge Dodge this this. and shoots him like that was like the coolest thing i'd ever seen yeah at the time and so it really does pay into that play into that sort of um you know, entertainment value, value, I think. But even, but you're right though. Like it hits ten year old Liam notes. But I mean, maybe it's because I've seen it so many times, and it's like such a classic film now. Why, why I still enjoy it. But I think you know, if I'd seen it now for the first time, I'd still totally appreciate it. But at the time this film came out, it was doing stuff that nothing else could do or w- was doing. And I know there's some like in terms of like the story. There's some, you know call-outs around, like, have they taken ideas wrongfully and, or whatever, but it just felt so fresh and so original and so different and so mind-fucky. Like, I don't know if... I might, correct me if I'm wrong, but they had the whole, like, what is the Matrix website campaign? Because this was in, like, the early days of the internet. So, you know, has it had anything else had this... Was it a viral campaign? Is it, like, Easter eggs? I don't know what, what yeah, the terminology is, but... Guess you would say it was like a viral campaign. It's got to be one of the very early ones. Like, you know, there was this, and then um, I, I know like uh, Blair Witch kind of lent into that a little bit as well. Like the kind of early internet kind of websites and stuff like that that would lead you like just add, which worked well as like advertising camp material and stuff like that. Really, yeah. And it made well, it certainly made me, but I think every like young person want to be a hacker. No one, no one actually knew what a hacker was, and like I still, I still don't think anyone does. 
except unless you are literally a hacker. But like, it was the coolest job in the world, apparently. Job in, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, just, uh, I guess that kind of leads us into a little bit of like, one of the other segments we've got of like, how, how do you think this has aged? And uh, I know you, you kind of touch on it a little bit there, but I, for me, I think it ages really well in that you have got the, um, obviously the the guns and the, you know, all those kind of moments that are really, the, the Kung Fu and everything that appeals to uh, as a 10 year old, but then it's also got like a little bit more, like the last sort of, the last time I watched it in particular, you, you kind of noticed the, the red pill, blue pill philosophy that, like you say, you kind of touch on that some people have taken it one way and then like there's so many different readings to it and stuff like that. Yeah. No, totally. I think um, there's so many little things, like little things that I picked up on this time watching it as well that I don't think, I mean, it's probably been a few years since I last saw it, but that I hadn't picked up on previously that I don't recall picking on probably previously just little things like when he goes to see the oracle and she's like oh i've got the i've got the note of the line that she says some it's something like oh you're not the one maybe it's waiting maybe waiting for you in the next life maybe and it's like little throwaway lines like that but actually when you go later on in the story and actually no he does die and then yeah yeah reborn and yeah 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 i mean so all the religious allegories and stuff within the film and the symbolisms of the that, but it's very purposefully done. But just in terms of how it looks and as well, I, I was so impressed by this very little that you think that looks a bit sketch, even by today's standards. And going off this, I started watching Matrix Reloaded, which is the second one afterwards. And I think because they make they probably tried a little bit too hard to take stuff to the next level that some stuff looks more janky in that than it does in the first one. The first one, so much of it looks like it's done in camera. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. I think a surprising amount of it was as well. Like, you know, yeah. uh, we've, we've it, it's one of those, uh, uh, I, I know Bill Pope was the, the cinematographer on it and he sort of, his his work for that and obviously his creation of the the bullet time type thought his and and the Wachowskis I guess creation of the the bullet time moments and stuff like that is is groundbreaking at the time and it's still kind of incredible when you think about it now. I mean, it's been used in about you know six Shrek films since <laughs> <laughs> without fail. So it's obviously done something right. But no, it, like it, like you say, a lot of it is done in camera. But the, even the stuff that isn't. You know, there's a couple of times where the, the sentinels come and you think, oh, that that would be better now. But at the same time, it's it's shot so darkly and in such a way that actually it doesn't take anything away from from what's happening. But in terms of just not just visually, I think it's just aged fantastically well. Like Lydia was, I was watching it on my tablet, and uh, she came over and said, oh, "What are you watching?" I was like, "The Matrix." So, oh, it's like the Matrix. Like, you've never seen the Matrix. I felt, I felt like absolutely kicking off at her. <laughs> I didn't because that would get me in trouble. And choose I would lose choose your battles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know um, how no one see, how someone hasn't seen the Matrix in this day and age, though. It's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's almost like you know anybody who says they haven't seen Star Wars or something. It feels like you must have purposefully avoided it by this point. Yeah, she did film. <laughs> how do you do film and media without seeing the Matrix? I've got to kick you, off now. You, yeah. <laughs> you're, my, you're my proxy. Do you want me to pause <laughs> yeah. the podcast while you go and 
I'm just going to get a picture and put it over your face and just have this conversation with her. This is why it's so good, Lydia. This is why you don't get it. I mean, one of the things I've kind of picked up on quite strongly in this the last sort of last couple of times I've watched it now, and obviously I, I'm not going to pretend like I knew it before, but obviously that the the Wachowskis themselves are are both trans, mm-hmm. and that. In this now, you can kind of see that a lot of it could be like an allegory for your or your trans awakening, effectively. That that's how they could they probably intended the whole red pill moment. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the characters. I don't know if you know this, but the switch was originally going to be female in the Matrix, but then male on in the real world. I or had vi- or vice versa, I'm something sure, but... like that. Yeah, but the studios were like that's too confusing. It's not really. Just in this film, that is not the most confusing part of it. That's not going to be the bit that leaves people behind, is it? No, no, not at all. So yeah, maybe you're totally right. Maybe that was like the early seeds of it. But you know, them, you know, their thought process with it, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, again, this might be like a little bit revisionist on their part, but I believe that's kind of what they've they've come out and said in the meantime. Obviously, with even with a name like Switch, you know, it, it's kind of yeah. That is kind of obvious a little bit. And uh, yeah, I think that's always quite interesting. Um, The other thing, I guess, to kind of say is the one part I think that didn't age well, and it's not really through any fault of the film itself, um, but putting it in sort of context of where we were at the time when it came out, obviously it made everybody wearing sunglasses and like long leather trench coats really cool. But for like... 50 minutes because yeah. like, not long after this film came out, obviously in America you had uh, the Columbine massacre where uh, for anybody who doesn't know, um, basically a, a two guys went into a, their high school and shot it up. It was like one of the first ones of this kind of thing. But at the time they were like, dressed in these long leather trench coats kind of thing. And this idea of basically seeing people walking into a building with long leather, long leather trench coats and shooting up the place, obviously it's very reminiscent of a couple of scenes in this film. Yeah, I, I also though don't think this is the only film to do that. I mean, you got stuff like, um, like Blade. You know, just it's just in terms of like a, a visual style that's like sort of gothic stuff. But you might be you might be hitting the nail on the head a little bit in terms of, you know, like the the second and third one it goes into more. Like you just look at Neo, for example. He's in more of like an oriental. Style is that, can I use that word? Is that trying to say right? Yeah, you have done. Yeah, no, I know, but you know, yeah, yeah, an oriental style outfit. You know, it, it just in terms of the coat, he sort of moves away from the gothic leather. Where I, I don't know actually, because everyone else still dresses like a dominatrix. So it is definitely lessened. I mean, I haven't I haven't rewatched the uh, the sequels this time around at least, but it is definitely lessened from memory in, in those sequels that that. That bit's toned down a little bit. And again, it's it's not really any fault of the film. It's just the fact that the film came out and then like two months later or whatever, then that happened. It's it's just unfortunate, but it is what it is. Hmm. One thing I did think is, does simulation theory exist without this film? No, I was going to say that's one thing as well. I'm Not even so much that, but it was just a particular bit of... Uh, when Neo sees the two black cats or whatever, and he's and they're like, "Oh, that's a glitch in the Matrix." Uh, yeah, that's just an everyday saying now. Like, yeah, people say that all the time, and this is obviously where it comes from. 
So oh, things like that. 100%. I mean, probably simulation theory probably did exist in some capacity before this, whether this just then popularized it. More than like, yeah, you're more than likely right. But I, like you say, like, oh, glitching the matrix, it probably doesn't become part of the, you know, people's, you know, yeah, yeah. life as much part of the zeitgeist to think, oh, this could be real. Although there's a part in, in the film where, um, right, like right near the start, Neo first gets freed and Morpheus are like, welcome to the real world. Then two minutes later, he's in the dojo and he's like, what is real? And it was just like, pick one, mate. I mean, in fairness, he's not wrong because I think the first time I watched it as well, he very much sort of sitting there going, what is going on? Where is he now? <laughs> he was in a dojo a minute ago and now he's on top of a building. Take me back to that red woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where I want to live. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. I've... If people don't remember the last episode I was on, I do derail it. So I'm sorry for <laughs> listeners. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I, I think um, I, I, any other sort of um, favorite moments for you then? I mean, there's so many. I mean, any fight scene is fantastic. And th- to be fair, this is one thing I will say about the the next ones is they speed that up a little bit and take they do take that to an, another level almost. But th- it's just choreographed so well. And they got the right people in to choreograph it. You know, they knew they couldn't do this themselves. So they got, you know, they got martial artists. They got, they knew what they wanted to do with it, so and they knew how they wanted to get there, and they got there really, really well. I really love the um, the chase scene towards the end, where he's trying to get to the last phone, and the Asians are just swapping and changing in front of him, basically. And there's one that's it's like an old woman in the kitchen who has a knife, and you see her with a knife, and then the next second it, she's gone, it's, a, it's an agent. I love that whole that sequence. I think it's brilliant. I think... It's really hard for me to pick out a moment because I think it's fantastic. That opening scene, though, what a goddamn intro. Like, imagine it's 1999, and then you're like, oh, this is a weird sci-fi film. You're seeing just like, what is the Matrix plastered everywhere? And then out of nowhere, you just see Trinity just doing split jumps, like jumps over backwards. Someone, It's just unreal. I'm so pumped to might go watch this film again tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. Like, obviously, they they did take the um, it's a very uh, like kung fu uh, East Asian sort of choreography and everything that's involved. The whole wire work and everything is is something that's obviously pioneered with like also. Uh, there's obviously been hundreds of different films that have used it, sort of kung fu films and stuff like that. And then, like I say, that that first moment is incredible. I think. Trying to think if I think that that's possibly the most jaw dropping bit, or the bit where Neo's dodging the bullets, kind of. I thing. mean, that bullet dodge was was something else, mm. and it it teases things throughout the whole film, but that was just jaw dropping, and it still looks fantastic now. But what I love about that bit is he doesn't do it flawlessly; like he still gets clipped a couple of times by the bullets, and. It's, in a, in a lesser film, he would just dodge it and then crack on. Yeah, yeah. This one still has that grounding of, oh, you're not, you're not, you're not him sh- yet, king like, shit, just yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I love those steps of him getting more and more and more 
all the way through. But in, and even when he when he does wake up or like sort of become the one and he has that final fight with Smith and he's just like clocked on to how good he actually is. And he's just doing one handed, just like, oh, Jesus, he's looking at one hand like, what the fuck is going on here? Just while he's flicking away with the other one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. There's um a part in it where like uh Oh, we made the matrix to the um, we rewound it to the peak of human civilization. I was like, was ninety nine the peak of human civilization? I mean, it maybe it might have been. <laughs> I can't say much. Is like... that the bit that's aged the best from this film? <laughs> <laughs> and as someone who works in phones as well, those phones are sick. Like, I still want those matrix slide down. That'll slide down. Yeah. Give me that. Give me like all the Samsung and iPhone tech in that phone, and I will snap your hands off for what, it. What you're saying is that, like, you know, obviously Samsung have moved in, moved like kind of bringing back flip phones. Yeah. That what they actually should have done was bring back the slide phones. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm going to put it to them when we call. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say yeah. Just just jot it down on an email yeah. for your boss now. <laughs> It'd probably be like my boss's 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 boss, but uh. It's his boss. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. And that interrogation scene as well, like, horrified me as a kid. Like, the mouth thing. The mouth thing still looks great, by the way. I was going to say, that's one thing. Between the mouth thing of the, how you're going to have a phone call when you can't speak or whatever it is. Yeah. And then... The prawn as well. The, like, yeah, the little, like, worm thing or whatever. But especially, crazy. like, yeah. And then everything in the back of the taxi or the back of the car or whatever, they're trying to suck oh, it back out. Yeah, and it like stabs into him. Yeah. There's a lot of like body, like, reminded me of Alien almost, like that sort of body horror. See, I wonder that that whole thing as well, like the, the body horror, because like the whole reawakening when he's like completely bald of any hair, body hair or anything like that as well, isn't he? Um, and I feel like a whole lot of that as well is like, kind of plays into this the whole theory about like trans awakening kind of thing as well that you're never yeah. quite who you are in your own skin and, and all this kind of thing yeah again i don't know or, or maybe it's and it goes the other way like where the matrix is i can't remember the phrasing that they use or the technical terminology they're using it but it's like your brain's representation of you like how your brain sees you yes yeah very true yeah which again would lead into like if switch had been a man on the outside, but then no, his brain sees uh, her brain sees herself as, as a, in the matrix. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Because I mean, it's very it's it that gets played down as a very superficial. Oh, you've got hair now, basically that thing. Yeah, but yeah, it could have in in a world where it isn't 1999 where they're making this film effectively, it could have been expanded on quite a bit more. They probably would have done as well. I'd like to imagine, like <laughs> it. it, it if that's what you're trying to say in your film anyway, then that you definitely would have done. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how far you got with your, your rewatches recently, but um, what's your sort of lasting impression? Oh, well, of the three sequels as is now. I mean, it's literally the chip in my tooth. It's <laughs> a forever lasting impression of these films. Um, I mean, the I've only seen the last one once and I was quite disappointed this the sequels the the original sequels came out at a time when i was young enough and impressionable enough to think this is still badass i can look back at them now and think these aren't 
great. I think the last one's to, like fine. The second one's just kind of filler. But this could be its own single film, and they could not have made anything else, and this would have been absolutely fine. Oh, yeah, you, definitely. You know, they tie it off nicely. You'd say, oh, stuff will happen. Almost Star Wars-esque, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave some breadcrumbs out for what could happen. But actually, it's, it doesn't need to. You know, he's it, it, he's it, the one now, and he's the world is saved, effectively. It does kind of end with, like, oh, yeah, he's beat the bad guys, and then that's that. Yeah. Whereas they, they open up so much more lore and, like, they make it so much grander in the sequels for some failings and some, you know, a little bit self-masturbatory in terms of like, oh, look at these fancy words we're saying. To a dumb dumb like me, anyway, this is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I kind of agree, really. Like that was my like. I, I watched them probably a couple of years ago. I think I watched them when the newest one came out. Yeah. Um, and the, I thought that the the second one reloaded. Mm-hmm. Was like the action's still pretty cool, yeah. But it's just trying to make. It felt like it was making it confusing for confusing's sake. It's also, it also seems the only purpose of that film is to get to the last one. Yeah, and then for me, I feel like the well, the third one, not even the last one now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But that that one's the one that really falls down, I think, for me, because I think it just feels too long. And there's not really enough going on. The fights between like Neo and Smith still cool. Like that's yeah. always going to be cool, I guess. But like for everything else, meh, I could have like it was fine. I didn't. I didn't really love the, it so much. Nothing gets near the levels of of that first one of the Matrix. I no, think. I don't think it ever has. <laughs> I, I I actually quite like the the most recent one. I uh, I was it, going in thinking that it was going to be more like the sequels than it was going to be like the Matrix. So it was a lower bar, shall we say. Yeah. I probably need to rewatch it. I, I don't... I watched it on a dodgy copy on my phone. I probably didn't do it justice. But there's <laughs> things that I sort of took out. It was just little things that frustrated me where things like bullet time, they made worse, and little things like that. And just, I don't know. I need to go and watch it with fresh eyes, I think. Probably That's after fair. watching them all this time. Just, just binge all four, yeah. Well, I might. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the hype train at the moment. Um. Oh, one other thing I loved is the fingers to the net move. So you know when they're fighting in the subway station, yeah, he like goes to punch. My fist is right at your face in the camera. <laughs> uh, he goes to punch Smith, and he like blocks him like two inches away. He just flicks his fingers out, and Smith's like. Eh. Don't know why that move is always been something I wanted to do in a fight. I was going to say, how many times never got into a fight to it to be able to do it? How many times were you trying that on the playground? Yeah, absolutely. I just love that move; it's so good. Um, I saw a, um, a review that said the color green wasn't invented until this film came out. Something, <laughs> something along those lines. It really made me chuckle. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it is like. It's kind of a quite. A, no, it's not that clever. I was going to say it's quite clever, but it's not that clever. It's just of everything when when you're in the matrix, everything has got that green tint to it, and then you get the internet was green in the, at that time. Like well, yeah, the coding and tech. You're encoding, right? It's, you should yeah. be able to read the matrix. Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. 
Wait, sure. do you do you use, what's your thing called? Is it, or, is it called Oracle? Yeah. Holy guys. I'm <laughs> 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 just saying my all. thing. Yeah. Um I'm going to get you back on track again. Yeah, thank you. Um so one kind of cool moment I I found in the in the research on this one is that uh, this was, the, I think, this is the first time, anyway, that uh, Chad Stahelski stood in as uh, Keanu Reeves's stunt double. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, he'd go on to do that a few more times, but for anyone who doesn't recognise the name, Chad Stahelski is the guy who went on to direct the John Wick films. Which oh, kind of speaks to like Keanu's sort of second life as an action star, I guess. But yeah. This was obviously where they and like I know that Chad Stahelski's got a role in the new one. He's like only a small role, but he does show up for a minute, and you go, oh, "I know him now" because he's the guy who directs the John Wick films. But this was kind of the genesis moment of it. That's cool. I didn't realize that. Okay, um, this might get you cancelled, but <laughs> I'll cut it. Thoughts on Keanu Reeves as an actor? Um. Now, he's imperfect as an actor, mm-hmm. but what he does, he does incredibly well. And he, what he does is films like this. A, anything from like um, Bill and Ted, like the, the kind of really kind of quite dumb, but, you know, quite good at what they do kind of character. And then that kind of threads right through from to this and then into like the John Wick stuff. Like that's a, the sort of range. I think this one kind of sits right in the middle of that because yeah. he has to play the audience surrogate where everything gets explained to him. So he, he comes off kind of Whoa. dumb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He comes off kind of like that, but that's not really the character as such, but then it kind of works between the two. So okay. yeah, I, I like Keanu. He seems like, like a really nice guy. Yeah, I, this is the thing. This is why I said you might get cancelled because by People all accounts, everyone loves him. And I really like him as a person. I've always kind of felt like he's a little wooden. So roles like this, kind, especially this role, when the whole point is almost be robotic, and you know, because you become this, effectively this computer person. So I thought this always was kind of suited to him to a T. But like you say, I've not seen, just never seen that much range from him. Maybe we should go watch Interview with a Vampire or something like that. Maybe he's different in that. Did yeah. He English accent in that. No, you're thinking of, uh, I think you're thinking of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, yeah. Which is like, that's like the pits for him, to be honest. Like, he's not great <laughs> in that at all. Okay. But then like, and, and I know it's not like, it's not huge range, but like speed is yet another oh. sort of absolutely fantastic film that he's brilliant in. I forgot about Speed. So, yeah. He, he, he has, like I say, he's not going to be like a thousand different roles. He's not the man of many faces, but yet he does what he does really well. Yeah. And I mean, that worked for like Robert De Niro for like 50 years, so. <laughs> Still going. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't hear anybody calling out Bobby D, do you? No, you can cut that bit out because I don't want to get lynched. I want to be I think you're fine. back. But no, as I say, to clarify, I like him. I just think he's, you know, yeah. I, I, so I think like we're both, you know, we're both 
quite high on this film. It it's still holds up really well for me. Twenty five years later, um, it kind of leads me into the into the final question of who owns the movie. Now, what we mean by this particularly is um, who do you think that his like history will look back on as that is their film. Now, that could be director or the actors or the audience themselves, anybody in particular. So who owns the movie for you? You know what? This is a, I've been thinking, trying to mull this question over my head. I don't know because it you could, it's sort of like the Wachowski's passion project and like it's their magnum opus sort of, you know, this is their creation, this is their baby. But I think it, nothing happened from then for so long that it kind of became the audience thing. But at the same, by the same token, you don't hear that many people, maybe just in our circles, but you don't hear that many people talking about this film anymore. I think this has become almost a film of just, ah, oh, what's the word? This has become such a, a culture moment where this did so many things that has then been used and copied and refined and, you know, we mentioned Shrek earlier on in jest, but there's so many things that from this film now gets used, and you, most people will know will know oh, it's a Matrix bit. But I guess there's a younger audience now that won't know it's a Matrix bit. But it's almost just a. For me, it's sort of there's not one person say, "Oh, this is like certain films." You say, "Oh, this is for the crowd," or "This is you know, um, Inception is Nolan's film," for example. Yeah. This is culture's film, almost, if that makes sense, without being too wishy-washy of an answer. Sort of, yeah. You, you sort of, from what I'm gathering, is you sort of say in the audience, in terms of kind of like we mentioned before about things like a glitch in the Matrix is just something that people say now. Yeah. Um, but then it's not generally the whole audience because you wonder about, like, do younger audiences necessarily have a connection with this? Yeah, I mean, Lydia doesn't even have a connection with this. She ain't young. Well, there you go. But, she, but, but I bet she'd know, She'd watch a film and know what it's from. If she, if she saw something that was taken from The Matrix, she'd know it's from The, from the Matrix at the same time. It's, it sort of talks to, I think this is something I'll probably get into with like quite a few of these uh, 1999 podcasts. Is like, it's one of the last few times of having like, what, what people call like monoculture of like everybody knows this one thing, which you don't yeah. really get these days because of like, there's just so much choice out there for everybody to watch or do or listen to or, or whatever. Um, and this was kind of one like 99 in particular, but like this film was one of the last moments of that. Um, I think for me, I, I'm always going to say that the, the Wachowsis probably own this in terms of, it's it's not their first film. I know they did um, like Bound before it, and possibly something else. But the fact is that I don't think they were ever gonna get anywhere close to like something like this again. Obviously, they did the sequels, which was probably like their height of popularity, I guess, mm-hmm. up until they like came out and then people had mixed opinions on them. Um, and then even to the fact that like three years ago as is there was or like two and a half years ago, I guess, but like three years ago they were doing another one and it's still kind of their legacy almost is this film. 
Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, you're probably right, because I can't see... They would never let someone else make this film or make make a sequel. No, no, I think that was definitely... And that's definitely something that I found with the, the most recent one is the only way that this was ever going to get made was if they were going to make it kind of thing. Was it Lana Wachowski that made this, the most recent one? Ooh, now you're asking. I think so. I say that. It was only one of them, wasn't it? it wasn't yeah, it was both. only one. But I say that as if, because I don't know the other one's name, I don't know either of the names before the transition either. So let's go with Lana. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, I think the other one for the record is Lily. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, that kind of kind of wraps up the, the chat on, on the Matrix. Um, have you got anything else you want to bring up? Um, the weather sucks. Why does no one have a hood? Or at least an umbrella. <laughs> was that? It's just always pissing it down. Is that and in no the Matrix, one... though? Or... Yeah, no, in the Matrix. Yeah, no, I was going to say. It's, it's dry tonight. There was the story plot reason for that in the real world, wasn't there? Yes, but in okay. the Matrix, it's just... Oh, sorry, I thought you meant... <laughs> you said in the Matrix, and you went, yeah, the film. <laughs> I was looking outside, and I was dry, mate. Um, yeah, in the Matrix. Now, when Neo goes to meet to get his his thing taken out of his tummy it's he t- gets told where to go he's in his house and he just goes in a coat just look outside it's there's no way you can't hear that rain from in your apartment that's all i'm saying get a brolly put a hood on that's all i gotta cool. say well thanks for coming on again Liam. <laughs> thanks for derailing the conversation <laughs> thank you for having me that's okay um and uh have you got anything you want to you want to plug? Uh, yeah, there's a podcast that I'm on called Last Jedi on the Left, and it's really good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so thanks for listening, everyone. And until next time, goodbye. Bye.